0: And welcome to another episode, Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the DJ, and with me today I have Buck. Uh, hello. How's it going? Uh, I guess it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Say, had a fun week this week? Um, been busy. Yeah, uni assignments and all, hey? Yeah. Nice, nice. And also with me today, I have the professor. Hello.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to do the opposite of you because you go, and, but I'm going, (laughs) hello.
0: (laughs) I think you need a helium balloon for that too.
1: And I need to sound less like I'm in great pain.
2: (laughs) I was just going to say, you sound. Like you're trying to do the wolf howl and you've got a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: how are you going, Professor?
1: I'm going quite well. Fun days? Yep. And this weekend, which will be last weekend by the time this episode goes live, I'm going to be running a radio base for the Scouts for the Jamboree of the Air. Sweet. Oh,
0: sweet. Nice. Nice. So does that mean you, you get to try and contact alien life?
1: Unfortunately, not, because the airwaves are all going to be jammed up by scouts.
2: And we got alien life. We got you.
0: Oh, but I'm I'm an android, not a, not an alien.
2: Uh there's <laughs> well, there's de- different definitions of alien.
0: <laughs>
1: You're an android built with alien technology,
0: <laughs>
1: like a MacBook.
0: Nah, I was thinking more Crichton, but uh, okay.
1: Crichton's a human android. He wasn't built by aliens. He was built by the humans like a million years in the future. Actually, we
2: probably should They people. found him on
1: a human ship. We
2: we shouldn't blame the DJ on the aliens, because they might take offense. <laughs>
0: uh, so, anyways... um. Bucky, you've got the story about Nobel Prize in Chemistry 2019 winners. I do. Was I meant to talk about it or just that, that it? Uh, you can talk about it if you like, but uh, yeah, go right ahead.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah. This year's Chemistry Nobel for was for the development of lithium-ion batteries, and it was won by John B. Goodenough, M. Stanley Whittingham, and Akira... Yoshino. Um, one of the most interesting things about this is uh, that, apart from being on in different areas of the world, is that Good Enough is 97 and is the oldest ever to win the prestigious prize. So don't, never let anyone tell you you're too old to come up with something good.
1: To be fair, isn't this one a prize for his invention from like 30 years ago?
2: <sighs> yeah, but... He would have been 67. True. So, so you used to got what? Sorry, sorry. For, 40 years or more before you, you're at that age. So you got time, you can do something.
1: Great, I can go slack off and play video games for a bit. <laughs> I'll come up with my world-changing invention later.
2: Okay. But yeah, um, the lightweight rechargeable batteries are all over the place. Like... From your mobile phone, your laptop, electric cars, all everything, and yeah, these guys are the ones who are responsible for it, and they've managed to develop the amazing battery, and yeah, they've won the prize.
0: I like how the inspiration for this whole thing was developed from the 1970s oil crisis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's-, there's a
1: lot of cool tech that got started in the uh, during the oil crisis, but never got followed up on because it, there wasn't money for it once oil got cheap again.
2: Mm-hmm. But um, just as an extra bonus prize here, we've got the Physics Nobel Prize awarded for Big Bang-related theory and exoplanet discovery. I don't know if you guys scrolled down enough to see that. So we've got... Um, I'm just trying to remember the names. We've got US scientist John Peebles, Swiss scientist Michael Maynor. And Didier Qu- Queloz, um, who are the lucky winners for physics, for understanding of the universe's structure and history, and first discovery of a planet. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I like how um, even though the lithium-ion technology was developed by those three gentlemen, uh, Sony was the one that commercialized it. So I'm wondering, does Sony get does Sony get half or quarter of the Nobel Prize money?
2: No, because Sony are probably making it under license. These guys are probably getting paid money for it. Well, two of them might because they work for universities, but one of them probably will be. Actually, I mean, no, all three, yeah. of them are working,
1: all three of them are working for um, universities. You'd want to be getting paid for a, a license on an invention like that, though. Well, it depends on the
2: contract with the university because... A lot of the U.S. universities will take a percentage, if not the entire thing, of any discovery. So, yeah. But let's face it, even if you're only getting paid um, 10% of the total overall, there's still going to be lots and lots and lots of cheddar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you guys seen the timeline for this lithi- for the commercialization and later history of the lithium iron battery? It's, a, it's very interesting. I mean, in 1996, good enough. Uh, Patty and co workers proposed the lithium iron phosphate and other phosphor ol- olivines as positive electrode materials. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the twenty nineteen. Yeah, we got the they got the the award. And they said here, as of 2016, global lithium-ion battery production was 28 gigawatt hours with 16.4 gigawatts per hour in China. Sweet. Yeah. So what's going to be interesting is I bet you now the lithium-ion is going to be the it thing. They're going to popularize it even more now.
1: Well, it's been the it thing for 10, 15 years now.
2: Yeah. It's about as popular as oxygen. I don't know how they can popularize it more.
1: Yeah, the last ten or fifteen years once it became viable to use it over NICAD or any of the other chemistries, uh nickel metal hydride, stuff like that, they've it put it in everything, literally everything.
2: We've even put one in you, just so you know, DJ.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, don't touch awful. that. It might burst.
0: <laughs> you
1: reckon I actually have a uh a small scar from setting myself on fire with a lithium ion battery.
2: How come that doesn't surprise me?
1: <laughs> I was rebuilding a battery pack and uh, accidentally shorted it out with my stomach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of that guy who does all the YouTube videos where he's doing different experiments and they all fail miserably. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I never did get that battery pack rebuilt because I uh, I worked out after I finished soldering the whole lot together. Um, <laughs> I really should have just showed up for a uh, a spot welder because I didn't have thin enough uh, like tape wire to fit in the battery casing.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm still chuckling about you burning yourself.
1: Well, I didn't even feel it to begin with. I was just like... Hey, what's that smell? Am I burning something? And then I looked down and realized there was a hole in my shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, am I burning something? Yep, I'm burning me. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that cartoon where the thing was Bugs Bunny and that, the roasting, roasting the rabbit over the fire? Hmm, what is that? That smells good. Roast rabbit. <laughs>
0: But could you say this is a better alternative in the long run?
1: To what?
0: Uh, to in the long run, to like your f- chemical batteries. It like is your, a
1: chemical battery,
0: like um, the acid, like the um, AAA batteries.
1: Well, you could make a lithium-ion AAA if you wanted to. It's just that the standard form factor for a lithium-ion is either a pillow style, which is um, rectangular. Or a cylindrical battery, most commonly 18650, which is um, the measurements of the battery. So you'll hear people talk about 18650s or 2650s, and that's just how big the battery is. Okay. So if you wanted to, and you could find a supplier, you could get triple A size, um, if you mind. Um, you already can
2: get double A's. I don't know about triple A's, but um, Energizer. Have ultimate lithium double A batteries. Uh, oh, my name is lithium, not lithium ion. I thought it was lithium ion. Oh, the rechargeable batteries, though. Yeah, there you go. You can buy 50 lithium ion batteries at just under $500 for, that are rechargeable. Okay. And you can burn yourself in multiple places.
1: <laughs> I try to avoid that, try to keep it just to my garage.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh.
0: Uh...
2: I think the DJ just burnt himself.
0: I yeah. burnt myself to thank you for the humour. <laughs> so, what are the other advantages? Um, could you see with the with your mind technology?
1: The key um. one is the memory effect. Do you remember being told years ago that you should always run your batteries flat or only use them to about forty percent or whatever? Mm-hmm. There's a thing called the memory effect where just because of the way the batteries work, if you don't exercise them or um, manage them correctly, they will start degrading and they'll only provide a certain amount of power. So the key advantage of lithium-ion is that it has no no memory effect. So you don't have to worry about that happening.
2: So what's the memory effect? (laughs) Sorry, I just had to get in there and ask before the DJ got the chance to.
0: Can can I make a gif about it? No. The
1: the fun bit, though, is that I think the first place the um, memory effect was really noticed was satellites because they load them up with a ton of batteries and they noticed that they were getting odd um, lifespans because the satellite would travel around the Earth and come back into the the sunlight and start charging again. And over time, that would degrade the battery.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you imagine in the future space shuttles being run by lithium-ion batteries? No, it's like no, no more rocket fuel. Just use lithium-ion. No, there's no. no
1: energy density for that. Unfortunately, chemical rockets are going to be the best way to get to space for a long time. Dang. Yeah, there is a lot of fun research coming out for when you're in space. Though there's a um like there's the traditional ion engines. But there's a new one that's been um, being experimented on at the moment that just uses charges. It doesn't need any fuel. So you just provide it with a power source, and it provides an absolutely minute amount of, of thrust. But, you know, it's space. There's nothing slowing you down. You just keep accelerating forever.
2: So you could power this on methane?
1: No, use you, you solar panels.
2: Well, I was just thinking because methane's byproducts. You've you got people on board, so you could trap and utilise the methane.
0: The biggest downside from what I've gathered with lithium ion Cap- batteries is just the degradation side of it, though.
1: Cap'n, we're low on power. Serve <laughs> the beans again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, that'd, be, that'd be a big problem as well, like low on power and, degre- and degradation as well. Yeah, well,
1: um, lithium batteries do decay over time. There's some New research that suggests there might be a way to extend the lifespan, mm-hmm. but they currently they have a fairly short lifespan, which is fine for most uses, but uh, not not great for basically sending something into space forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Fair enough. Fair I'm just enough. trying to remember the oldest battery. Ah, here we go.
1: Uh, the Baghdad battery.
2: Yeah. Two thousand two hundred year old clay jar found near Baghdad, Iraq, has been described as the oldest known electric battery in existence.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the MythBusters did an episode on that and actually built a uh, working replica.
0: Mm-hmm. So where, what other Um
2: can- The oh. one uh, other one I was thinking about was the um, Oxford Electric Bell, which has been running since for was one hundred and seventy eight years or
1: more?
0: Oh yeah. <clears throat> so what, what other avenues can you see this um, ba- lithium-ion tech being useful in besides um, space?
2: Um, well, it's being utilised in pretty much everything. Uh, there's forklifts that are operating using lithium-ion batteries. I think you, you'll find that a lot of the electric cars that are operating, such as Tesla, um, yeah. utilise lithium-ion.
0: The
1: Tesla is literally just the banks of eighteen six fifties. Is eighteen okay? Hmm. So, oh, there you go.
0: So, hopefully, we can see more cool inventions with lithium ion tech in the near future. Hopefully, all right. And so, we should move on. Next up, we've got uh, some updates on the Doolittle movie. Remember, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about the uh, the Doctor Doolittle movie.
2: No. I don't
0: know. Oh, it
1: was quite, quite a, a few episodes again? ago.
0: <laughs> is he having the memory effect again?
1: I mean, I don't even remember how many weeks ago it was. It was more than a couple.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so universal pictures have released a trailer, uh, two days ago and they've renamed it from the voyage of Dr. Doolittle to just simply "Dolittle." And the film will be released worldwide. Um, to on its previously announced date on January 17, 2020. So it was originally April 12th, 2019, then it's moved to 2020. So, and this time it's based on the character of Dr. Doolittle by Hugh Lofting and primarily the voyages boy of Dr. Doolittle. So, yeah. And the trailer came out a couple of days ago and, yeah, a couple of interesting plots and plot ideas and um character announcements came out as well. Mm.
1: I don't think
2: it'll be as good as the first.
1: I don't like the name. It tells me bugger all about it. <laughs> like The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, that tells me it's an adventure movie about a character who is a doctor. Doolittle makes it sound like some lazy guy.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say, it sounds like some of the new students I've had in group work.
0: <laughs> the plot's interesting, though. So it's basically he's lost... Dr. Doolittle lost his wife seven years ago. And the queen, of, the young queen no spoilers, of England. Sport. No spoilers.
2: No spoilers.
1: <laughs> Has he checked behind the couch?
0: <laughs> where did he last see her? Uh, seven years earlier.
1: Okay, so a bit of a hiccup there. Uh, voice recording software decided to leave the uh, the voice chat. <laughs> it's so upset with the DJ that it just decided to get out.
0: <laughs> I think because of the movie title, I think everybody felt so upset.
2: Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> well you see he said do little, so he decided, okay, I will do little.
0: Oh no. <laughs> oh god.
2: <laughs> hey, I know I, I know I look amazing with my beard, but I'm not a god. <laughs> I'm not a deity. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, so yeah, so he's going on a big journey just to find a mystical cu- just to find a mythical cure. So and he's accompanied by various animals. So that's the plot, basically.
2: Spoilt <sighs> it now. I don't have to watch it anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to see instead?
2: Um, I don't know. I got too many Simons to think about that at the moment.
1: <laughs>
0: But, um, yeah, so a couple of the announcement, a couple of the cast that involved, like, for example, Rami Malik, he's going to play this gorilla. Octavia Spencer plays the duck. Uh, Kumali Nijini plays the ostrich. John Cedar plays a polar bear. Emma Thompson plays the parrot, who's the doctor's most trusted advisor. And, yeah, a couple of other actors as well involved. So, yeah, like Selena Gomez and Tom Holland. But yeah, that's uh, But um, this is an interesting step in for Robert Downey Jr. from doing like uh usual Marvel movies to doing this.
2: Well, he did do all the Sherlock movies, and this is looking kind of similar.
0: Yeah, actually, when I actually when I saw the trailer, there were some action sequences in that movie that similar to Sherlock. It had similar Sherlock Holmes-esque type action style action scenes. Okay. Yeah. But he, but he didn't talk much in the trailer. He, he, he was only, um, only said a few, only one or two lines, and the animals did more, more work.
1: Yeah, some of us could learn from that, couldn't we, DJ? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so are you guys gonna watch it, or are you gonna?
1: Well, don't have
2: to. You told us the plot.
0: Ah, oh, oh, I didn't tell you how he's gonna get it, or uh,
1: how oh, he gets so. <sighs> it. Absolutely ruined. You're despicable DJ Me? Yes, you Despicable, you ruin everything We need need Daffy
2: Duck in here
0: Oh god
2: I told you I'm not a god I'm just a very majestic looking man
0: (laughs) But here's an interesting fact for you The reason why they extended the... uh, Release date for the movie is apparently, from what I've gathered, it was reported that the film has undergone 21 days of reshoots, following poor test screenings. Uh, the director, helped overse- Director Jonathan Leibsman, helped oversee the uh, filming alongside Gagan, while Chris McKay helped write new material after it became clear from the first cuts that the comedy and computer-generated elements of the film were not coming together.
1: Yeah, so reshoots. That's never been a great sign of a good movie, has it?
0: <laughs> uh Sonic.
1: <laughs> Not even that. That was just redoing the CGI. But how many good movies, like, the ratio of good movies that have had to do extensive reshoots after test audiences to bad movies that have done that isn't very good.
0: Uh, you're. I, I just hope it improves the quality of the film, in my opinion, but... Uh time will tell. Time will tell. I think they're hoping the same. Uh, and the last topic for the evening. Um, Professor, you've got a story about the Day of Dragons and the big confusion in relation to it. Well, it's my new favourite example of the naming problem.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> because picking a name is hard. You can pick a name, but then you'll find out that something else has already used that name, and you're just reusing a name like Do Little <laughs> or Bob. Yeah. So in this case, a Kickstarter for a game called Day of the Day of the Dragons got five hundred thousand in uh, yeah, it got five hundred thousand dollars in pledges after the Harry Potter Wizards Unite mobile game had their Day of Dragons event. <laughs> the, uh, the developer likes to say that he hasn't heard from anyone who has mentioned Harry Potter, but I'm inclined to think that even if he did, it's still gotten a lot of traffic from just the name association. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: sorry, I'm just Googling Harry Potter events at the moment. So I can plan a Kickstarter event for similar.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to give them a product at the end. This guy though is very, very lucky. He was asking for twelve thousand, got five hundred thousand.
2: Well, there you go. See, like I can, I'm sure I can come up with something. It's worth twelve thousand dollars to distribute. Keep the rest. I could buy a very nice car with that money. Buy a houseboat.
1: I do like this bit from the Forbes article though. The lead developer started working on the game after his father passed away in 2016. He states his family and friends didn't think this was a sound idea. Now he has five hundred thousand dollars. He's got more friends. Yeah. So if he, um, you know, I'm, I hope he manages to pull it off and he doesn't get too bogged down in the, <clears throat> um, the fame like the Cube World, de- Cube World developer after releasing the public alpha of Cube World. The developer basically uh, had a bit of a. couldn't handle the attention and went into isolation for a bit. And it's only now, years later, that he's come back and is publishing more info about the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm also hoping that this guy doesn't see all the money that's come in and decide to add a whole bunch of stretch goals like Star Citizen.
0: Oh. Although, Have they actually got
1: anything new in that game yet? My friend who plays it occasionally says that it is slowly getting there, but it is slowly. No it joke. He,
0: here's an interesting thing for you. Day of Dragons, it's not only a Harry Potter thing, but it's also a Ga- Magic the Gathering thing as well.
1: Yeah, but who plays Magic the Gathering? Oh. <laughs> like Seriously, people aren't... There's no big Day of Dragons event in Magic the Gathering that happened to coincide with this guy's Kickstarter like this, so I doubt it was uh, Magic the Gathering that got him attention. I'm just backing him right away
2: from that one. Fight <laughs> me! No, you need to cook yourself a bit longer yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's so has um, the Rowling estate um, did anything to say like a cease and desist kind of thing, or are they gonna the rallying? No. I doubt they're going to do that. It's just a name. Who's the Rowling estate? J.K. Rowling. Oh, you mean Rowling. Yeah.
1: Ah. I wasn't even going to drag him through the ringer for that one. But you're <laughs> right. I should have.
0: <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, I'm like I said, I'm kind of kind of amazed that he survived through all the legal paperwork. What legal paperwork? We like copyright and what
2: copyright? I There's been people didn't... talking. People have been talking about Dave Dragons going back into the Dark Ages and prehistory.
0: Yeah. So you guys going to get the game or are you going to wait for it? I'll wait and see when it comes out. Same.
1: It, it does honestly look like it's going to be a very niche game. And I'm happy that he's got so much funding, but there's a lot of Kickstarters in it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. this genre that don't go anywhere. It does remind me of the uh, Reddit meme about the 100% science-based dragon MMO. Okay. uh, Quite a few years ago now, Mm -hmm. someone posted on Reddit a handful of wireframe models of dragons and basically said, I'm starting a studio to make a 100% science-based dragon MMO. And they're like, it's going to be science-based.
0: And how long did the campaign last for?
1: There was no campaign. This was before Kickstarter. But it's a really awkward thread.
2: <laughs> was this um, the earlier project for what's-his-name behind Star Citizen?
1: <laughs> no, actually, his earlier project was um, actual good stuff that he finished eventually. Seriously? Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he, um, the 100% science-based MMO, I think it's called Time of Dragons. That's on Steam.
1: I wasn't aware they ever uh, ever got anywhere because they got a pretty hard ribbing from the uh, from Reddit when they first posted it.
0: I want to see the. I bet you the responses to the uh, the game must have been pretty horrible. Let me see the reviews. I'm not
1: convinced this is the uh, the same game. It's got basically none of the features that the original developer was promising. <laughs> is it science based? No, the dragons have missiles and lasers. Whoa, and uh, are they are science. Are there writers? I'm not sure. It is a free to play game, though, but I don't think it's the, uh, the same game. Yeah.
2: You know what happened with the um, science based dragons? They joined Skyrim.
1: Those dragons aren't science based. How does a dragon speak English? Doesn't even have lips. Telepathy.
2: Yes, they do have lips.
1: They've got mouths, so they've got lips. <laughs> you look at a dragon's mouth. Do you think that thing can speak English? Not even close. You
0: haven't seen Dragonheart, sp- haven't
1: you? New species, do you species! I might have read the book. Is that the one where there's the like the Robo dragon? No.
2: No. It's the one that had Sean Connery in it.
0: A uh, talking dragon. Hmm. <clears throat>
1: Okay, yeah, that's different. The one I'm thinking is a, uh, a young adult book, I think, where there's, like, one of the last dragons is trying to find out where the rest of the dragons are, and there's a robo-dragon who was made to hunt down and kill the dragons.
2: But hang on. T- talking about talking dragons, you're dissing on
0: smorgue. Oh, hey!
1: <laughs> that's fantasy, though. It's not trying to be science-based.
0: Oof. How um, dare you? <laughs> this is is this gonna be like there is a god but there's no such thing as a god debate? Tolkien was a
1: linguist, <laughs> not a scientist.
0: <laughs>
1: his books are histories, not science. <laughs> so he in his book of history,
2: he has a talking dragon.
1: They're also very clearly not supposed to be taken 100% as fact. How do you know? The appendixes.
2: Well, you took the appendix out of the dragon? No. Oh, I think this is starting to get a bit messy now.
0: Yep, (laughs) I'm just staying well away from it (laughs) somewhat. Oh, dear God.
2: I told you before, I'm not a god.
0: (laughs) Anyways, uh, so moving along, uh... Bucky, what game have you been playing?
2: Um, I'm still playing World of Warships. It's so much fun. I've expanded my fleet with more ships, um, and they are doing a Halloween special where you get to have a range of various special ships and you get to go do special missions.
0: So what missions have they got in mind?
2: Um, Well, one of them is you have to protect... What looks like a cross between a steamboat and a sailing ship called the Transylvania, and you've got to try and get it away from Rasputin, who's trying to sink it. And it's a co op mission with multiple other players, and you all have to join together to battle against um, AI warships and land based emplacements. That's the only one I've played so far. But you get a destroyer i think it was that was a, that's a, a paddle steamer
0: nice nice uh no big flaws in the in, in the um expansion
2: well it's not really expan- an expansion it's just a, a special event
0: ah okay
2: but yeah no, um it's it's fun you sail sail around and blow up other players and sink their ship
0: nice nice
2: nice and my best record so far is Sinking five enemies all on my own. And it's fun to watch the um, aircraft carrier explode.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I've been playing uh, Mortal Kombat 11, and before you guys say, oh, it's not a a new game or anything, hear me out. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Mortal Kombat released a new character, and it is the Terminator. But it's not a new game. I know, it's not a new game, but a new character came out, though. And it's the Terminator. I mean, who wouldn't want to play, the t- play as the Terminator in more combat?
2: Probably the original Terminator.
0: Yeah, there's um, – oh, before I I'll continue on, uh, Buck, how many? so how many Beanie Babies would you give the game out of Wait, five? How many what? Nerdy Beanies. That's the Beanie Babies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are you doing some sick, perverted thing that we need to be worried about again?
0: No, no.
2: Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, um, I think I gave it four and a half nerdy beanies last week. So, yeah, awesome. Awesome. still the same.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, so as I was saying with um, Arnie, so Arnie's, in, in, so Arnie's not really voicing in this game, but, uh, but he apparently handpicked the voice actor to portray his voice. And I will say, gameplay-wise, it's pretty awesome.
1: What, they couldn't get Arnie to do his own voice?
0: No, he was in surgery, uh, from what I've recalled. So they picked up.
1: I hear me, Mark.
0: Yeah, game gameplay wise, he he's a it's a fun character. Like um, he doesn't scream, he he doesn't scream in pain, or he doesn't um, yelp. And um, an interesting an interesting thing um, when you get to quarter of your to uh, your quarter of your health, the Arnie Schwarzenegger's body um, disintegrates, and you get the exo, you get the fight as the exoskeleton.
2: As the exoskeleton
0: Yeah, the uh, T-800
2: That's not an exoskeleton Not at all That's an, in, that's an internal skeleton That's a... An endoskeleton Ah, yes.
0: I'm, my mistake
2: Do you know what an exoskeleton is?
0: Yeah, it's an uh, outside suit of armor
2: Well, not necessarily a suit of armor But it is usually a hardened carapace
0: but yeah, um, with this one, I would the, the biggest flaw I'm facing with the um, new character is is it's the fact that you, you only have a quarter of your you only have to fight as the uh, Terminator T800 with a quarter of your life.
1: Well technically, you're always playing as a T800, aren't you?
0: Yeah, technically, but not like the robotic body though, as in like you don't get, you don't get to play the skeleton. You get you only play as Arnie character, and then all of a sudden, yep, I play as the indist- well, indestructible, well, temporarily indestructible T Eight Hundred. So yeah, uh, I would give this one four out of f- four out of five for now. Uh, anyways, Professor, what have you been playing?
1: I've been playing some more Creeper World Three. I've uh, been playing the some of the challenge missions. There's quite a few challenge missions. Like My big complaint was that the previous games were a bit short. This one's got a ridiculous number of levels, like literally hundreds.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. It's
1: going to take me a while to get through them.
0: (laughs) So are they as long as the Dark Souls um, quests, or are they totally different?
1: No idea. I haven't played Dark Souls yet.
0: Uh, Any other big flaws you've noticed in the the game?
1: No, no flaws, but um, I'm tempted to get to know the... uh, the scripting language and see if I can come up
0: with any unique map ideas. Nice, nice. Uh, so how many? Um, how, how so how, how would you rate it? I was nine out of ten last week, wasn't I? I think uh, yes, because
1: you're special. Yeah, yeah, I'm special.
0: <laughs> so nine out of ten.
2: Yeah,
0: all right, awesome, awesome. So, moving on to our shout outs. So on the 3rd of October 2019, Boyan Slade's floating boom is in capturing pla- um, plastics along with microplastics finally works after some setbacks in its initial stage. Uh, 8th of October, 1582, between the between October 4th and October fifteenth, fifteen 1582, because the 10 intervening days have, have simply been declared out of existence by the Pope, uh, this offer may, may not apply outside Italy, Spain, and Portugal. All this happened because the Earth year is about 11 minutes short of the 365 one-quarter days set by Julius Caesar. It's really 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, 46 seconds. If the drift kept up, Easter would eventually have been observed in the summer and Christmas in the spring.
2: Hang on. We observe Christmas in summer already.
0: No, but Christmas in the spring, so it will be... So if
2: we just wait long enough, it'll go all the way around and come back to normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Easter and, and Easter in the summer—that's an interest. That would be an interesting.
2: Yes, watching all your Easter eggs melt. Yeah, but, we live in Queensland. It happens already.
0: <laughs> yeah. And watching the hot cross buns t- taste bitter, and sour, and ugh, melty. Yeah. What? Um, just it's the hot cross buns. I. Yeah, all melted, all melted hot cross buns. Uh, that doesn't taste right.
2: Melted hot cross buns. Yeah.
0: Didn't you ever get the double chocolate hot cross buns? No. Oh, special, special man. All right, anyways, moving along. 14th of October, 2019. Uh, Nobel Prize winners in the fields of physiology or medicine, physics, literature, economic sciences, and peace. So congratulations to all the uh, prize winners. Uh, 16th of October of 2019, uh, astronauts Christina Koch and uh, Jessica Meyer from Expedition 61 will venture to the far side of the station on the Port 6 truss structure. The duo will set their suits to p- battery power on Friday at 7.50 a.m. local time when the spacewalk officially starts and exit the Quest airlock. NASA TV begins its live coverage beginning at six thirty a.m. Once there, the spacewalkers will take about five and a half hours to replace the failed power regulator with a spare BCDU.
2: And what's a what's a BCDU? Uh,
0: give me a sec. A battery charge discharge unit.
2: Ah, uh-huh. okay.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, First a space a spacewalk after so long.
2: I've had a spacewalk. Last week, I think it was. I was watching. I mean, this, all... is, this is the first all female space. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I
0: was oh, sorry. I should have worded that properly. Yeah, all female Facebook. Like they tried to do it the first time around, but it didn't work out.
2: They forgot to pack the bags properly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And we got a special mention. Uh, so today, on the seventeenth of October, twenty nineteen, the leading solar cast competing in the World Solar Challenge has burst into flames forcing the team out of the race for the first time in 20 years. The solar car from the Falls Space... Uh, uh, Falls Solar Team caught a light on the Stuart Highway just south of Port Augusta this morning, just 263 kilometres from the Adelaide finish line. On which highway, sorry?
2: Stuart Highway. It's not the Stuart Highway?
0: No. Okay. Ah.
1: That's an Australian. Back on the boat, mate
0: Oh, oh, you first, Professor You first
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm whiter than you Which means I've been here longer, right? That's the logic, (laughs) isn't it? No (laughs) So that's going to sound really bad Taken out of context
0: Yep
2: Actually, I apologise It is the Stuart Highway Runs north to south The Stuart Highway runs Across from um, Victoria to Adelaide
1: all right, Buck, let's pack our bags. <laughs> Why do I have to go? I didn't say anything stupid. You caught him <laughs> out for it.
2: I just asked him what was the sturt or the steward.
0: Ah, Remembrances on the uh, 11th of October, 2019, Alexei Nov, um, stu- Soviet Russian cosmonaut Air Force major general writer and artist. On the 18th of March 1965, he became the first human to conduct a spacewalk, exiting, capsule, uh, uh, exiting the capsule during the Voskhod 2 mission for 12 minutes and 9 seconds. He was connected to the craft by a 4.8 meter tether. At the mm-hmm. end of the spacewalk, uh, Leonov's spacesuit had inflated to the uh, inflated in the vacuum of space to the point where he could not re-enter the airlock. He opened the valve to um, allow some of the suit's pressure to bleed off and was barely able to get back into the capsule. Uh, Lenov had spent 18 months undergoing weightlessness training for the mission. In July 1975, Lenov um, commanded the Soyuz capsule in the Soyuz Apollo mission, which docked in space for two days with an American Apollo capsule. Lenov was an accomplished artist whose um, published books include albums of his artistic works and works he did in collaboration with his friend Alexei Sokolov. Uh, Lenov took coloured pencils and papers into space, where he sketched the Earth and drew portraits of the uh, Apollo astronauts who flew with him during the 1975 Apollo-Soyuz test project. Interesting fact, Arthur C. Clarke wrote in his his, um, notes to 2010 Odyssey 2, that after a 1968 screening of 2001: A Space Odyssey, Lenov pointed out to him that the alignment of the moon, Earth, and sun shown in the opening, essentially the same as that of Lenov's 1967 painting near the moon. Although the painting's uh, diagonal framing of the scene was not replicated in the film, Clark kept an autographed sketch of that painting, which Lenov had made after the screening, hanging on his office wall. Uh, Clark dedicated 2010 Odyssey 2 to Lenov and the Soviet physicist Andreas Sarkov. Um, the fictional spacecraft of the, um, in the book is called Cosmonaut Alexei Lenov. He was the last living member of the five cosmonauts in the Voskhod um, program. He died from a long illness at the age of 85 in Moscow. Ah, quite an accomplished guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11th of October 2019, Robert Forrester. oh, Forster – yeah, I'm sick. Uh, American actor known for his role as John Casillas in ha- Haxel Weskler's um, Medium Cool, Lebanese terrorist Abdul Rafai in The Delta Force, and Max Cherry in Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown, which he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Forster's his var- varied filmography, features. V- Further includes titles such as Me, Myself, and Irene, Mul- Mulholland Drive, The Descendants, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, and What They Had. He also had prominent roles in television such as Banyan, um, Heroes, and Twin- in the 27th rendition of Twin Peaks. He won the Saturn Award for Best Guest Starring Role on Television for his performance in Edge of Galbraith, also referred to as the Disappearer in the Breaking Bad episode Granite State. Reprising his role as in the series sequel film *El Camino*, a *Breaking Bad* movie, which premiered the day after of his death. Yeah, I
1: actually watched that a couple of days ago. Now it's yeah. quite good. Nice, nice. Don't
2: don't give us spoilers like the DJ did with um, <laughs> the other one.
1: He died. Okay, from- well, there's a car and it's an El Camino. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> Another movie ruined.
0: <laughs> uh he died from brain cancer at the age of seventy eight in los angeles california fourteenth uh, of october nineteen eighty four Sir martin riley uh, English radio astronomer who developed revolutionary radio telescope systems and used them for accurate location and imaging of weak radio sources in nineteen forty six Riley and derek von Berg were the first people to publish interferometric at- astronomical measurements such as radio wavelengths. With improved equipment, Riley um, observed the most distant known galaxies in the universe at the time. He was the first professor of radio astronomy at the University of Cambridge and the founding director of Mulholland Radio o- Astronomy Observatory. He was the Astronomer Royale from 1972 to 1982. Riley and Anthony Hewish uh, shared the Nobel Prize for physics in 1974 the first Nobel Prize awarded in recognition of astronomical research. In the 1970s, Riley turned the greater part of his attention from astronomy to social and political issues, which he considered to be more urgent. He died from a long illness at the age of 66 in Cambridge. Uh, Now to her famous birthdays, uh, 14th of October, 1801. uh, Joseph Platao, a Belgian physicist and mathematician, was one of the first people to demonstrate the illusion of moving image. To do this, he conti- he used ca- counter-rotating discs with repeating drawn images in small increments of motion on one and regularly spaced slits, and the other. He was he called this device of 1832. Oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get savage for this. The Phenochistiscope. Fienic- I think that's the right way of pronouncing it. The projection of stroboscopic um, photographs created the illusion of motion, eventually led to the development of cinema. Plateau also studied the phenomena of capillary action and surface tension. The mathematical problem of um, existence of minimal surface with a given boundary is named after him. He conducted extensive studies of soap films and formulated Plateau's laws which describe the structure formed by such films in foams. He was born in Brussels, uh, 14th of October 1927. Sir Roger Moore, an uh, English actor best known for, his, uh, British, for playing British secret agent James Bond in seven feature films from 1973 to 1985. Beginning with Live and Let Die, his most notable television role was playing the main character Simon Temple in the British TV series The Saint from 1962 to 1969. He also had roles in some American television shows and films in the late 1950s and early 1960s, including replacing James Garner and portraying Bo Maverick in the Maverick TV series from 1960 to 1961. Moore starred with Tony Curtis in the Persuaders TV series in 1971 to 1972 and had roles in several theatrical films in the 1970s and 1980s. Uh, Moore was appointed UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador in 1991 and was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2003 for services to charity. In 2009, he received a star on the the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work work in television and film. In 2008, the French government gave him the Commander of the Order des Artes et des Lettres. He was born in Stockwell, London. And... for her final birthday. 14th of October, 1948, Catherine Manning, Australian actress, best known for her companion, Joe Grant, in the Doctor Who series. Uh, in 2009, she um, moved back to the UK to pursue new acting work and currently lives in London. Uh, Manning is the only surviving Doctor Who companion from Joe P- Pertwee's era. She was born in G- Guildford, Surrey. Surrey. Who Pertwee? Uh, John Pertwee. Better. <laughs> uh, and so for our events of interest, on the uh, 14th of October, 18th, George Eastman patents the uh, paper strip um, pho- photographic film. Uh, this revolutionized um, photography by using heavy, co- heavy coated paper and rollers rather than heavy glass dry plates to reproduce images. This invention allowed him to mass produce a small hand camera box film, camera box camera film with rolls of film with 100 exposures. Millions of Americans recorded the first snaps of their everyday lives using the Kodak camera, which was introduced in 1888. 14th of October, 1892, Arthur Conan Doyle publishes Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, collection of 12 stories originally published serially in The Strand magazine. Uh, The only characters common to all 12 are Holmes and Dr. Watson and are all related in the first-person narrative from Watson's point of view. Uh, 14th of October, 1926, Winnie the Pooh was published, written by A.A. A. Milne and Elizabeth Shepard. Uh, the book focuses on the adventures of a teddy bear called Winnie the Pooh and his friend Piglet, the small toy pig Eeyore, toy donkey, owl, a live owl, uh, and rabbit, a live rabbit. Uh, the bouncing, tig- the bouncing t- toy tiger character of Tigger is not introduced until the sequel, The House of Pooh Corner. And finally, on the 14th of October 1947, Chuck Yeager became the first person to exceed the speed of sound. Yeager flew the uh, X-1 rocket over Rogers Dry Creek in Southern California. The rocket um, plane, nicknamed Glamorous Glennis after Yeager's wife, was designed with thin unswept wings and streamlined future large, modeled after a O fifty caliber um, bullet. Because of the secrecy of the project, Bell and Jaeger's achievement was not announced until June 1948. So uh, anything else before we uh, wrap it up?
1: Um, No, I think that's everything, isn't it? Well, we haven't shouted out to a uh, TNC podcast this week.
0: Uh, No, I don't think we have.
2: Uh, Um, Who's operational that we'll give a shout-out to?
0: uh, We'll give a shout-out to um, Castology. Give a shout out to the guys guys over at Castology.
1: Okay. Yeah. And what are they about?
0: Uh, they're a podcast review channel, so they review other podcasts and uh, tell the listeners to check them out. Basically.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyways, that's it for tonight. Um. Yeah. You can find us all on um, Facebook. Uh, we've got a group setting up uh really soon. Um. You can. T- Say hi to us, uh, comment on our content over there, and uh, we'll be also uh, giving up a big announcement in the next coming weeks. So um, hope to see you soon.
1: And we'll see you next week.
2: Remember to take care of yourselves, look out for each other, and stay hydrated.
0: See you guys.